Yo, it's your boy Little Bleach back in this bitch, and today I think I'm gonna go ahead and drop another one of these creepy Wikipedias. Um, today we're gonna be talking about the Iran Air Flight of uh, 655. So I haven't dropped one of these in a minute, and I think it'd be a really good time. I think it's like, I guess a good Christmas present. I guess fuck it, why not? You know. But yeah, let's get to it. So the Iran Air Flight 655 was a scheduled passenger flight from Tehran to Dubai via Bandar Abyss which was shot down on July 3rd, 1989 by two SMR-2MR surface-to-air missiles uh, fired by the U.S. Vincius a uh, guided missile cruiser of the United States Navy. The aircraft and Airbus A300, which the, the crazy thing is, is it shows the Airbus and it's like, it looks so much like a passenger liner. Like there's just no reason that they would, you know, misidentify it. But anyways, but was the aircraft and Airbus A300 was destroyed and all 290 people aboard were killed. The jet was hit while flying over Iran's territorial waters in the Persian Gulf along the flight's usual route. Shortly after departing the Bardor Abbas uh, International Airport. Uh, the flight stopover location. The attack occurred during the Iran-Iraq War, which had been continuing for nearly eight years. Venices had entered Iran territory after one of its helicopters drew warning fire from the Iran speed ships operating within Iranian territory limits. The reason for the downing has been disputed between the governments in the two countries. According to the U.S., the Venice's crew had incorrectly identified the Airbus as an attacking F-450 Tom Tomcat. Okay, so this is ridiculous. Okay, so I just looked up the picture of the F-14 Tomcat. That is a fucking, like, Tom Cruise plane. So, the Airbus A-300, that looks like a normal Boeing. But the, the F-14 Tomcat, it looks like a fucking Tom Cruise, you know, um, not Mission Impossible. What is that fucking movie? Damn, I can't believe I forgot that movie. What is the fucking, uh, the pilot movie? Top Gun. Yeah, that looks like a Top Gun fighter jet. A U.S.-made jet fighter that had been part of the Iran Air Force inventory since the 1970s. While the F-14s have been supplied to the Iran, the air-to-air -air configuration, the Versini's crew had been briefed that the Iranian F-14s were equipped with air-to-ground ordnance. The U.S. military asserts that the Versini's had made 10 attempts to contact the aircraft both on military and civilian frequencies, but had received no response. According to Iran, the cruiser neglected neglectly shot down the aircraft which is transmitting if squeaks what does that mean friend or foe identification okay okay so iff means is an identification system designed for command and control it's used a transponder that listens for interrogation signal and then sends a response that identifies the broadcaster. IFF systems usually use radar frequencies and uh, other electromagnetic. Squeaks, a transporter is a electric 
device that produces a response when it receives radio frequencies interrogation. Aircrafts have transponders assist in identifying them on air traffic control radar. Collisions avoidance systems have been developed to use transmissions. It doesn't say more, but we don't need to click on the whole fucking article. But either way, in mode three, a signal that is identified as a civilian airship, not mode two, as used by the Iran military aircraft. So, so is that like really what happened? So is it like that military can only talk to other military jets? So they were trying to talk to the civilians on a different channel. Like that's that's kind of how it sounds to me. Like the channel two instead of three. Now I know that somebody's probably like a fucking pilot and they could probably have like a better understanding of that but that's what it sounds like to me okay a signal that is identified as a civilian aircraft not mode 2 okay blah 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 used by military aircraft the event generated a great deal of criticism in the United States some analysts blame the captain of the Vernices William C. Rogers III for overly aggressive behavior in tense and dangerous environment. In the days immediately following the incident, President Ronald Reagan issued a written diplomatic note to the Iranian government expressing deep regret. When Reagan was incident issued a written di- Ronald Reagan was asked if he considered the statement and apology said yes. However, the U.S. continued to assist that the Vernsonese was acting in self-defense. Yeah, I mean, self-defense from what? A fucking just plane? Like, what, they think they were just gonna, like, drop down and bomb him or something? Was just, like... So that that just doesn't make sense to me. I think Ronald Reagan was right to just go ahead and apologize. But the U.S. government didn't see fit. So during the Clinton administration, the governments of the U.S. and Iran reached a settlement at the International Court of Justice, which... in Included the statement, the United States recognized the aerial incident of three July 3rd, 1989 is a terrible human tragedy and expressed deep regret over the loss of lives caused by the incident. As part of the settlement, even though the U.S. government did not admit legal liability or formally apologize to Iran, it agreed to pay $61 million on a ex-Grisha basis. What is that? is Latin for by favor, which is often used in legal contests. Something that has been done by excretia has been done voluntary out of kindness or grace in a law without recognizing any liability or legal obligation. So, that's kind of like settling out of court, I guess, kind of. But, that would just be like, I guess, if you ran over someone's dog and then just paid them for it. But then you're like, you know, I didn't really run over your dog. I'm just kind of giving you this. Basis and a compensation to the families of the Iranian victims. The sh- shutdown was the deadliest aviation disaster since the Airbus A300 incident. Now, what is that? Um, hold on. Let me see this real quick. Okay, I, I can't find it. As well as the deadliest aviation disaster in 1988. So it was also the deadliest airliner shot down until 2014 when the Malaysian Air Flight 17 was shot down over Ukraine. Damn, what is up with the Malaysian flights, dude? 
Like, I wouldn't hop on any plane going from Malaysia to Malaysia. Fuck that. Like, I've got another story about the Malaysian. I think this might be, there's, I didn't know one of them got shot down in the Ukraine. There's another one where, um, this, I think like a guy just like kamikaze himself into the ocean, but we'll look more into that in another day. But Nick Crowley talked about that and it was a pretty interesting, uh, look. In 1984, the war between Iraq and Iran had expanded to include attacks against oil tankers, merchant shipping in neighborhood countries, some of whom were providing aid to Iraq by shipping Iraq oil. The Flight 655 incident occurred a year after the USS... USS... Um, what the fuck? Hold on a second. The frigid USS Stark on September... May 17, 1987, killing 37 American sailors. U.S. Naval forces had also exchanged gunfire with the Iran gunboats in the late 1987 in the guided missile freight USS Samuel B. Roberts that had struck an Iran seamon in April 1988. Um, two months before the incident, the U.S. had engaged in Operation Praying Manus which is, was an attack on 18 by the United States Armed Forces within Iranian territories, retaliation for the Iran, naval mining, um, the Persian Gulf during the Iran. So that was, I guess, another incident. So resulted in the sinking of the Iran frigate Sahad, the Iran fast attack craft Joshua, and three Iran speedboats. Also the Iran for grade uh, Sabulin, what the fuck is that? Was crippled. The two Iranian platformers were, were destroyed and an Iranian fighter was damaged. A total of at least five, 56 Iranian crew were killed while the U.S. suffered the loss of only one helicopter which crashed apparently by accident and the two pilots were killed. Tensions were high in the strike of Horm Hormuz at the time of the incident with flight 655 okay so with this being said it does seem like at the time of all this shit popping off there was a lot going on so it seems like they were kind of sinking ships back and forth so i guess it could have been one of those things where it's like you know at this point like everyone's paranoid you know irene's paranoid of them and then it just happens that the the liner ship or that cruise ship just kind of went over. Which kind of throws me off. If all this shit's going around, you would think that, um... They'd be using a different route. But, I mean, I guess it's like... I don't know. It seems kind of off to me, but... This is a little crazy. In response to the patterns of attacks on the shipping, the U.S. Joint Chiefs staffs issued a... Not am on September 8th, 1987, warning all Persian Gulf countries that... Civilian airshift must monitor the 121.55 MHz VHF International Air Distress or 2430 UHF Military Air Distress Frequencies and be prepared to identify themselves to U.S. naval ships and state their intentions. On... 29th April 1988, the U.S. expanded the scope of its Navy protections to all friendly neutral shippings 
to the Persian Gulf outside declared exclusion zones, which set the stage for the shootout. At the same time, the Vernice rushed to the area on short notice deployment as a result of high-level decisions to compensate for the lack of AWAC coverage, um, in which that's short for an airborne early warning and control system. It's an airborne radio system designed to detect ships, aircrafts, vehicles, m missiles, and, and Elon Musk and other projectiles at long range and perform command and c control in battle space. So I think if you like play Flight Simulator, I think that's just like short for A, A and C. Because um, I know like whenever you're playing like Flight Simulators, you always have to like let them know when you're landing and shit like that. So I guess that's pretty much what A and C is short for, is for AWACS. Or just ACS for short, I believe. Which was hampering the U.S. monitoring of the Southern Persian Gulf. Venezuela was fitted with the then new Agis command system and under the command of Captain William C. Rogers III at the time of the shootout. As the strike of Hermes and its nearest 21 nautical miles wide, in order to transverse the strait, ships must stay within sea lines that pass fucking bullshit. That pass through the territorial waters of Iran. I'm in and under the transit passage provisions of customary law of sea. What does that fucking mean? So let me read this real quick. Law of sea is a body of international law governing the rights and duties in states of maritime environments. It concerns such as matters such as navigational rights, sea mineral claims, and coastal water jurisdiction. Okay. It is normal for ships, warships, and entering or leaving the Persian Gulf to transit Iranian territorial waters. During the Iran-Iraq War, the Iranian forces frequently boarded and inspected neutral cargo ships in the Strait of Hormis in search of contraband design for Iraq. While legal under international law, these inspections added to the tensions in the area so was that just like a smuggling route and then they were just constantly worried that you know planes going back and forth would be see that that would make a little more sense to me than the miss you know looking at this the, the plane but i mean at the same time could they see the plane or was they just basing it off the the frequency because that kind of does make more sense that like they didn't really see the plane they just saw it on the radar so from there they just kind of went with their gut all right so the shoot down of flight 655 the plane on an airbus a300 registered as epibu was under the control of the 37 year old captain mozine razan a, a veteran pilot with 7,000 hours of flight time you know i got about six hours of flight time on microsoft flight simulator i feel like i got it Okay. 31-year-old first officer came here. The flight simulator 
it left Bander Okay, flight engineer Mohammed resigned. I mean, I thought that was like the same person at first, but I'm just fucking horrible with names. It left Bander Abius at 10:17 Iran time, 27 minutes after its scheduled departure. It should have been a 28-minute flight after takeoff. It was directed by Bandar Abius to turn on the transponder and proceed over the Persian Gulf. The flight was assigned routinely to Commercial Air Corridor Amber 59, a 20-mile wide lane on a direct lane to the Dubai Airport. The short distance made for a simple flight pattern. Climb to 14,000 feet, which I guess is about 4,300 meters or miles. I'm not for sure. It just says M. So does M mean meters? I think M means meters. It might be miles. Cruise and descend into Dubai. The airliner was transmitting the current transpon the correct transponder squeak code, typically of a civilian aircraft, maintained radio contact in English with appropriate air traffic control facilities. On the morning of three July nineteen eighty nine, the the Versinese was passing through the Strait of Hormuz, returning from a escort duty, a helicopter deployed from the cruiser re reportedly received small arms fire from the Iranian patrol vessels as it observed from high altitude. Bernice moved to engage the Iranian vessels. Okay, so this makes a little more sense. I guess they were already in battle. So they were probably just on like lookout mode at that point. In the course of which they all violated Amina waters and left after being challenged in order to leave by the Royal Navy of, of Amin warship, Versailles then pursued the Iranian gunboats, gunboats entering Iranian territorial waters. Two other U.S. Navy ships, the USS Sods. What a stupid name. It looks like a sweet boat. Or is it Sadies? Sadies. And the USS Elmer Montgomery. I like the I like the the old boats back in the day. They would just have like Montgomery, like West Virginia, different shit like that. I think that's like way cooler. We're nearby. Admiral Crow said that the cruiser helicopter was over international waters when the gunboats first fired upon it. Flight sixty six fifty five was first detected by Vernices immediately after takeoff when it received a short IFF mode two friend or foe signal, possibly leading the crew of the Mercenaries to believe the airliner was an Iranium F-14 Tomcat capable of carrying unguided missiles since 1985. Diving into possibly landing the crew of Mercenaries to believe the aircraft was fucking fucking A, dude. I'm so tired of reading this shit backwards. To an attack profile. Contrary to the accounts of various Mercenaries Crew members, the, the cruiser's Agus combat system recorded that the airliner was climbing to climbing at the time and its radio transmitter was squeaking on only the mode three civilian frequency, not the military mode two. So basically it was letting people know it's in the area, but I guess the issue that we're facing is the frequencies 
on two and three are not matching up. So they're just they're not, they're unable to communicate effectively. Uh, since the USS Stark incident, all aircrafts in the area had to monitor one twenty one point five MHS, the International Air Distress Radio Frequency. A, a total of ten attempts were made to warn the airliner. Seven on the military air distress MAD frequency and three on the IAD frequency. There were no response. At 10.24.22, after receiving no responses, Venice's fired two SMR-2R surface-to-air missiles, one of which hit the airliner at 10.25.43, and that is, I guess that's a time. The plane disintegrated immediately and crashed into the water soon after. None of the 290 passengers on the crew and crew survived. The cockpit voice recorder and, and flight data recorder were never found. Oh, yeah, I bet they scooped that shit up real quick. And at the time the missiles were launched, the Vernicillis was located at 2630-47 north, 560-57 east, placing it within a 12-mile limit of the Iranian territorial seas. The location of the Vinci's in Iranian territory ships at the time of the incident was admitted by the U.S. government in legal briefs and publicly by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral J.W. Crow on Nightline. Oh, damn. So there's a whole Nightline episode about this. I'll have to check that out. According to the documents, the Iranians submitted to the International Court of Justice, the aircraft was carrying 290 people, 274 passengers, and a crew of 16. Of these 290, 150... 254 were Iranian, 13 were um, Emirates, and 10 were Indians, 6 were Pakistanians, uh, 6 were Yugoslavs, and 1 was Italian. Damn, I feel bad for everybody, but I super feel bad for that Italian guy, because I feel like he was just on the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, I mean, I guess they're all in the wrong place in the wrong time, but like... He's literally, like, the only person there that's probably, like, I don't know. I guess I feel bad for all these people because I don't really know all these countries. But I feel like most of these countries are generally, like, within the same region. Like, Italian's a whole other region. So this dude was probably on, like, a vacation to buy. Which, I mean, I'm not for sure, like, Yugoslavia might be as well. Either way, like, I feel bad for all these people. But I just think it's wild that there was just one Italian, like... All right, U.S. US government accounts. Uh, The Pentagon officials initially said the Vernices had shot down the Iranian 514 but issued a retraction within hours and confirmed Iranian reports that the target was instead a civilian Airbus. According to the U.S. government, Vincennes mistakenly identified the airline as an attacking military jet fighter. Its profile as being similar to the 14A tomcat during the run during attack run however the cruiser's agius combat system recorded the plane's flight plan as climbing not descending as an attack run at the time of the incident uh, the flight had originated at bander abius which served both as a base for the iranian f 
14 operations and as a hub for commercial flights. Now, see, this is where I think it's a really bad idea is having them in the same spot. So that's kind of... Because that means they were probably heading the same directions. There's probably like constant military jets coming from one end and then constant... Jets coming from the other... The Vincennes unsuccessfully tried to contact the approaching aircraft seven times on the military emergency frequency and three times on the civilian emergency frequency. The civilian aircraft was not equipped to receive military frequencies and the messages on the civilian emergency channel could have been directed at any aircraft. More confusion arose as the held speed was the ground speed while the pilot's instruments displayed airspeed. A 50-knot difference that was reported on by Admiral William Forgeret entitled Formal Investigation into Circumstances Surrounding the Downing of Iran Air Flight 655. On 3 July 1988, the Forgeret report, report stated the data from the U.S. Bernsonese information from the USS sides and reliable intelligence information collaborate that the fact that the Iran Air Flight 655 was on a normal commercial air flight plan profile in the assigned airway squeaking mode 36760 on a continuous ascent and altitude from takeoff at the Bardor Abuses to shoot down. The Fargate reported that Iran must share responsibility for the tragedy by hazardly one of the civilian airlines by allowing it to fly a relatively low-altitude air route in a close proximity to hostels that were ongoing. When questioned in a 2000 BBC documentary, the U.S. government stated in a written answer that they believe the incident may have been caused by a simultaneously psychologically conditioned amongst the 18 bridge of the Bernsonese called scenario fulfillment, which is said to occur when persons under pressure in such a situation, the men will carry out a training scenario, believing in reality while ignoring sensory information that contradicts the scenario. In the case of this incident, the scenario was attacked by a lone military airwolf. So, in summary, how that sounds to me is it just would be, you know, they're already in a combat, you know, like, mode. Okay, according to the Iranian government, the shootdown was initially performed an awful act, even if it was a mistakenly identification, which Iran never accepted. It argues that these constant constituted negligence and recklessness amounting up to an international crime, not an accident. In particular, Iran expressed skepticism about claims about misidentification, noting that the cruiser's advanced Aegis radar correctly tracked the flight and 
its Mode 3 beacon. Two of the other U.S. warships in the area, Sods and Montgomery, also identified the aircraft as civilian, and the flight was well within a recognized international air corridor. And it also noted that the crew of Vincennes, what were trained to handle simultaneously attacks by hundreds of enemy aircrafts. Iran, Iran found it more plausible that the Vernici hankered for an opportunity to show its stuff. They pretty much said, Yo, your boy was just out here just trying to flex. According, according to Iran, the U.S. had previously issued a notice to airmen, not M, uh, warning aircraft that they were at risk of defensive measures if they had not been cleared from a regional airport and they came within five nautical miles of the warship at an altitude of less than 2,000 feet. Flight 650 had been cleared from the regional airport and was well outside these limits when it was attacked. Even if the plane was truly an Iranian F-14, Iran argued that the USA would not have the right to shoot it down. It was flying within Iranian airspace and did not follow a path that could be considered an attack profile, nor did it eliminate the Versenese with radar prior to the incident. Versenese had entered the Iranian territorial waters and was inside these waters when it launched its missiles. Even had the crew of Flight 655 made mistakes, the U.S. government would still remain responsible for the actions of the Versenese. Dude, every time I say that word, it gets fucking harder. I'm not going to lie crew under international law. Iran pointed out that the past the United States had steadfastly condemned the shooting down of the aircraft, whether civilian or military, by the armed forces of another state, cited EAIA Flight 402, Libyan Arab Airlines Flight 114, and the Korean Airlines Flight 07, among other incidents. Okay, so these are, I guess, other fuck-ups in history, which we might go back and look at some of these. Iran also noted that when Iraq attacked the USS Stark, the U.S. found Iraq fully responsible on the grounds that the Iraq pilot knew or should have known he was attacking a U.S. warship. <sighs> okay, so this is independent sources. I'm just going to keep banging this out, though. In 1989, prior to the public exposure of the Vernicia's position inside the Iranian waters by nighttime, nightline by Admiral William Crow, Professor Andreas Lowenfield of the editing board of American Journal of International Law criticized the U.S. position that the U.S. was not legally liable for the incident. I do not understand Myers' agreement at all, but the correct legal principle, I am not clear, is not a, as Safir or Mira would have it. No legal liability to the victims of the airplane disasters without proof of fault beyond a reasonable doubt. And no fault in combat zones, but rather a liability regardless of the fault, so long as the cause is established as it is clearly was in the case of the Iran Air 65, as in the case of the Korean Airlines 007. I would have hoped those spoke for the U.S. states about the tragedy of July 1988, 
from the president on down would have recognized this principle so essential for the safety of the civil aviation as other spokespersons for the United States and its allies have done when other states' military, rather or not orders from the high, brought down civilian aircraft, many that may have strayed off course. That principle is clear, was breached by the United States in the case of the Iran 655, and it follows the United States is responsible to say that it is not condemned the U United States or even find fault. It is simply to state the responsibility flows from the action itself. Okay. Lowenfield also pointed out the amount of compensation paid for the Iranian victims was one-tenth the amount demanded from the Iraq for the American dead aboard the USS Stark. Uh, one legal scholar noted in the Yale Journal of International Law, the downing of Flight 655 should not be deemed lawful merely because of the Versailles commanding officer reasonably mistook the situation as presenting an integrated surface and air attack. Reconceptualizing the incident as a mistake does not excuse the Vernies from liability. In an article published in Newsweek magazine on um, 13 July 1992, John Barry and Roger Charles argued that the Rogers behaved recklessly and without due care. The Newsweek art article also accused the U.S. government of a cover-up, but on July 21st, Admiral Crow denied any knowledge and analysis of the events by the International Strategic Studies Association described the deployment of the Agnes cruiser in the zone as irresponsible and felt that the value placed on Agnes cruisers by the U.S. Navy had played a major role in the setting of a low threshold of opening fire. Bernice is had been nicknamed Robo Cruiser by the crew members and other U.S. naval ships in reference to both its Agnes system and supposed aggressive tendencies of its captain. Robo Cruiser, that's a wild name. They could, so they're calling him the Judge Dredd. The International Court of Justice case relating to the attack, the aerial incident of July 3rd, 1989, 1988, was dropped on 22nd of February, 1996, following a settlement and reparations for the United States. Three years after the incident, Admiral admitted, fuck, dude, um, I just went back. Admiral admitted to the American television show Nightline that Mercenies was inside the Iranian territorial waters when it launched its missiles this contra contradicted earlier Navy statements. The International Civil Aviation Organization report of the 1988 placed the Vince, Vince, oh my god, dude, if I have to say this word one more time. Yeah, I'm about to call this the V, you know what I'm saying? The V well inside the Iranians' territorial waters. Commander Dave Carlson, commanding officer of the USS Sides, the warship stationed nearest the, the V, at the time of the incident, is reported to have said that the destruction of the aircraft marked the horrifying climax to Captain Rogers' aggressiveness. First seen four weeks ago, 
His comment referred to incidents on June 2nd when Rogers had sailed the too close to an Iranian frigate undertaking a lawful search of a bolt carrier, launched a helicopter within two to three miles of a small um, Iranian craft despite rules of engagement requiring a four-mile separation and open fire on the small Iranian military boats. And all these incidents cross the... Com- commented why do you want an agus cruiser out there shooting up boats it wasn't a smart thing to do he said the iranian forces had encountered in an area a month prior to the incident where politely non-threatening pointly non-threatening and professional at the time of roger's announcement to the higher command that there was he was going to shoot down the plane Carlson is reported to have been thunderstruck i said to folks around me why what the hell is he doing i went through the drill again f-115 he's climbing by now this damn thing is at seven thousand feet carlson thought venice v might have more information and was unaware that rogers had wrongly been informed that the plane was diving carlson is also reported to have written into the u.s naval proceedings that he had been wondered aloud in disbelief on hearing of the v's intention in speculating on the climate that led up to the incident, Carlson said V's shortly beforehand dubbed by officers aboard sides as Robo Cruiser for its aggressiveness engaged in a pattern of aggressive behavior over the prior month because the crew of V's felt a need to prove viability of Agnes in the Persian Gulf and they heckered for the opportunity to show their stuff. The official ACAO reported stated that 10 attempts were made to contact Iranian Air Flight 655, 7 on the military frequencies, and 3 on commercial frequencies addressed to an unidentified Iranian airship giving its speeds 350 knots, which is the ground speed of the aircraft their radar reported. Uh, Flight 655's crew, however, would have seen a speed of 300 knots on their cockpit instruments which was their indicant airspeed possibly leading to conclude that the v was taking talking to another aircraft both sides and the venice tried contact in flight 65 on several civilian and military frequencies international investigators concluded that the flight 655's crew assumed the three calls that that they had received before the missiles struck must have been directed at the p3 or rain which was a another plane. Which that looks more like a bombushka, if anyone's ever seen it. It looks kinda like a smaller bombushka. But that looks more like a fighter jet, anyways. Um the International Civ- Civil Aviation Organization said the flight crew should have been monitoring the civilian frequencies. They also said American warships and the Gulf had no equipment that allowed them to monitor civilian air traffic radio frequencies and thus no means of hearing the many radio frequencies between the air iran air flight 655 and the air traffic controllers that would have identified the aircraft to the v crew okay so there's a little more to this let's just keep going let's just beast it out The official ICAO reports stated that 10 attempts were made to contact Iranian Flight 655, 7 on military frequencies and 3 on commercial frequencies addressed to an identified Iranian aircraft given its speed as 
350 knots, which is which was the ground speed of the aircraft they reported. Uh, Flight 655's crew, however, would have seen a speed of 300 knots on their cockpit instruments, which was their indicated airspeed, possibly leading them to conclude the uh, Bernice was talking to another aircraft. Both sides and Bernice tried contacting Flight 655 on several civilian and military frequencies. The international investigations concluded that the Flight 655's crew assumed the three calls they received before the missile struck must have been directed at the Iranian P-3 Orang. The International Civil Aviation Organization said the flight crew should have been monitoring the civil civilian frequency, and they also said American warships in the Gulf had no equipment that allowed them to monitor uh, civilian air traffic control radio frequencies and thus no means of hearing the many radio transmissions between um, Iranian Air Flight 655 and air traffic controllers that would have been identified the air traffic to the, the V crew. The the A the A system, let's just go ahead and fucking call it that. Software that's reused tracking numbers in its display. Constructing a user interface design flaw. Initially signed T to flight before it. Okay, so they okay, so basically one of the potential reasons is they switched the tracking number to a different To label a fighter jet 100 miles away when they asked for the status of the T-9, he thought it was told it was descending. Um, Scientific American rated this as one of the worst interface disasters. So, okay, so this one reason is they believe that they, they had switched the code. And that code had been used for another type of plane. So that would kind of almost be like, you know, you're driving down the road with your license plate. You switch your license plate to somebody who, you know, might be a violent criminal or like. And then, you know, the police see that code and they freak out because it's, you know, somebody else. That's wild. A psychological evaluation of the crew requested by Admiral um, F. concluded the stress and the experience of the crew in warfare resulted in misjudgment, unconscious distortion of the data, which played a significant role in misinterpretation of the data of the A system. Okay, so that one I think makes the most sense. Because, I mean, at that point they were already bad one with another ship. It's like they have so much going on that whenever they see, you know, this plane... They just assume it's a battle. All through the information about the flight, 655 shows the plane is ascending and not descending. The crew had relied on people they could trust instead of computer systems. Yep. So, so that's just basically... He said, she said. So it's the captain says it, so the captain must be right. We're not going to second guess him. And then they just took his word for it. So basically when they asked... For the source, it was trust me, bro. 
as Flight 655 takes off, an Iranian Air Force F-14 is also at the tarmac at the Bandar Abbas when the Anderson hooks Flight 65, and when it takes off, he leaves hook for almost 90 seconds. Through the hook, moves towards Renice. The system is still reading IFF signals from Bandar Abbas. Okay, so there was a fighter jet there, and there was one that was taken off too soon. So basically, wrong place, wrong time type deal. The ship captain believes Iranian 655 is an, an F-14 that is involved in coordinated space and or coordinated surface and airstrike. Okay, and the Versity's trap transmits three warnings to civilian distress, and they fail to identify who they are addressing. The radio crew cites the air aircraft's ground speed while Flight 65 is operating at airspeed. The flight's airspeed would have been 50 knots slower than the mentioned V. So that was basically, I don't think they're talking to me because we're not going at 350 knots. During the flight, 569 transmitted a unique code that tells radars that the flight is and had the V used the specific code when addressing the flight crew. The pilots could have immediately realized they were in a danger zone. However, the U.S. Navy did not train radio personnel to use the particular code when talking to civilian aircrafts. The radio, for all its sophistication, cannot detect the type or size of the aircraft. Now, this is what I was thinking, too. Is they're only able to see it on the radar. So they're not really able to, you know, see anything but like a blimp on the map. So it's just kind of... Someone's on the radar. Despite its complex technology, the ship does not have radio tuned to specific civil air frequencies, which I think is a big fuck up, dude. I think that they should be on both frequencies just in case. IFF on the ship marks Iran Air 65 as Model 3, a generic frequency that is insignificant to identify a plane as friend or foe. Uh, the ship's crew did not officially consult the commercial airliner schedules due to confusion or which time zone the schedule is referred to. A scheduled flight times using Bardor Abris Airport time while V was on Bahrainian time. The airliner's departure was 27 minutes later than scheduled. The Combat Information Zone Center, CIC, was very dark and a few flights had flickered every time Versailles fired at the speed ships. This was special concern of Petty Officer Andrew Anderson, who first picked up Flight 655 on radar and thought about it might be a commercial aircraft as he was searching in the navy's listing as commercial flights he apparently missed flight 655 because it was so dark the iranian p3 was in the area some of the time before the attack and some of the reports providing an explanation why no radar signals were detected in the iran flight 655 other reports state that the airbus was immediately uh, detected after takeoff by the cruiser's ANAP radar at the range of 47 miles. Uh, the psychologically mindset engaged in the Battle of the Iranian Gunboats. This claims that the Vernice was in danger of operation using a decoy cargo ship to lure Iranian gunboats to fight. These claims were denied by F in the hearing before the investigation. Subcommittee and Defense Policy Committee on Armed Services, House of Representatives, 102nd Congress, Second Session, 21 July 1992, and the initial claims that the V being called for help by a cargo ship attacked by the Iranian gunboats have been ruled out. 
This leads claims that the Iranian gunboats were provoked by helicopters inside the Iranian waters, not the other way around. Oh my god, we're almost finished with this shit. This is why I fucking hate these things. Next time, I really need to like um, go through these and make it a little bit more narrow. All right, let's get back to this. Uh, in 1991, the political scientist Robert Etman of George Washington University compared the U.S. media coverage of the incident with similar shutdown of the Korean Airlines Flight 007 by the Soviet Union five years earlier by studying material from Time Newsweek. The New York Times, the Washington Post, and the CBS Evening, according to Etman, Framing techniques that were used to frame the Korean Airlines incident as sabotage while framing the Iranian air incident as a tragic mistake. Setting the angle taken by the U.S. media emphasized the mor morale, bankruptcy, and guilt of the perpetual trading nation with the Iran 655. The fame de-emphasized guilt and focused on the complex problems of operating military high technology. By de-emphasizing the agency and the victims and the choice of graphics and adjectives, the news stories about the U.S. downing and Iran plane called it a technical problem while the Soviet downing of the Korean jet was portrayed as moral outrage. Um, and Edmund included polling that appeared to show imbalanced coverage swayed public opinion against the Soviet Union and the Iran. In July 2014, when Malaysia air flight... 17 was shot down in Ukraine. Some commenters noted the discrepancy of the U.S. official position and media coverage of the two similar scenarios. Okay. The event sparked an intense international controversy with Iran condemning the attack. In mid-July 1988... Iranian Foreign Minister Al Akbar. Oh my God! Please don't be Al Akbar. Uh, Valentina asked the United States 
Security Council to condemn the United States, saying the attack could have not been a mistake and was a criminal massacre, a criminal act, and atrocity. George H. Bush, then Vice President of the United States and the Reagan administration, defended his country at the UN, arguing that the U.S. attack had been a wartime incident and the crew of the the V had acted appropriately to the situation. The Soviet Union asked the U.S. to withdraw from the area and supported efforts by the Security Council and the end the Iraq War. Most of the reminder of the 13 delegates who spoke supported the U.S. position, saying one of the problems was that the 1987 solution to end the Iraq War had been ignored. Following the debate, Security Council Resolution 616 was passed expressing deep distress over the the U.S. attack and profound regret for the loss of human lives, stressing the need to end the Iraq-Iran war as resolved in 1987. Inside Iran, the shutdown was perceived as a purposeful attack by the United States, signaling the U.S. was about to enter a direct war against Iran on the side of Iraq. In February 1996, the U.S. agreed to pay Iran $131 million in a settlement to discontinue a case brought to Iran in 1989 against the U.S. in an international court of justice uh, relating to the incident. Together with other claims before the Iran-United States Claims Tribune, U.S. $61 million of the claim was in the compensation of 248 Iranians killed in a shoot- shot down. Uh, 300,000 per wage earning victim and 150,000 per non wage earner victim. Uh, the U.S. government issued. So hold on, hold on. Wage earning victim. Ver- oh, okay, okay. I get what that's saying. So that was basically if if, if it was a member of the staff, it was 300,000, and if it was a non-member of the staff, it was 150,000. Okay, okay, that makes sense. The U.S. government issued notes of regret for the loss of human lives, but never formally apologized or were acknowledged wrongdoing. On July, on on fifth July, nineteen eighty-nine, President Ronald Reagan expressed regret when asked directly if he considered the statement an apology. Reagan replied, "Yes." George H. Bush, the Vice President of the United States at the time, commented on a separate occasion speaking to a group of Republican ethic leaders. On August 7th, 1988, I will never apologize for the United States. I do not care what the facts are. I am not apologizing for America kind of guy. What? <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but this is the, this is, <laughs> what? This is the most fucking Bush thing I've ever read. He said, I will not apologize for the United States. I do not care what the facts are. What the fuck kind of statement is that? The quote all through unrelated to the downing of the Iranian airliner and not in any official capacity has been mistakenly attributed as such. Bush used this phrase frequently during the 1988 campaign and promised to never apologize for the United States. Months prior to the July 1988 shootdown as early as January 1988, the incident overshadowed the Iranian United States relations for many years. The former CIA analyst Kenneth M. Pollack wrote, The shutdown of the Iran Flight 655 was an accident that, but that is not how it is seen in Tehran. 
Uh, the following explosion of the Pan Am Flight 103, five months later, the United States government initially blamed the Popular Front of Liberation of Palestine. So they tried to blame it on like a Palestine military group backed by Syria with assumptions from assistance from Iran, the retaliation for the Flight 655. The distrust be generated between the U.S. and the Iran as a result of the downing Iran Flight 655 was a challenge in the development of a joint comprehensive plan of action, also known as the Iran Nuclear Deal, which was agreed on to uh, July 14th, 2014. So I guess that's when we finally kind of like made a peace treaty. And then the post-tour of duty. Despite the mistakes made in the downing of the plane, the crew of USV were awarded combat action ribbons for completion of their tours in the combat zone. The air warfare coordinator on duty received the Navy commendation, uh, but the Washington Post reported that 1990, the awards were for his entire tour from 1984 and 88 for his actions related to the surface engagement of the Iranian gunboats. Uh, Rogers was awarded the Legion of Merit for the exceptional uh, materious conduct in the performance of outstanding service as a commanding officer from 1987 to May 1989. The award was given for his service as a commanding officer of the V from April 1987 to 1989. Citation made no mention of the downing of the Iranian flight Air 65. So, so in summary of the situation, um, my thoughts on this is that I think that like a lot of steps were missed, and I think that there should be a lesson learned here that, you know, maybe you shouldn't, you know, just have military frequencies and civilian frequencies separate, like, or at least, you know, not check both of them because it sounds like they weren't checking both of them, which led to, you know, these issues. And I do see that, like, there was some mistakes made by the, the Airbus itself because, like, for instance, they said that the military was sending messengers, but the planes did not uh, pick up that it was for them because of the speed but however it sounded like if they would have um, you know contacted them by plane number or whatever other shit there is um, it would have actually been a lot better because I guess them thinking they were going 300 knots instead of 350 they thought they weren't speaking to them so it kind of confused them but yeah it just a lot of this shit isn't really adding up to me and it's just pretty confusing of what's going on here. But yeah, this shit's kind of wild. So yeah, in my personal opinion, I think that um, a lot went wrong in this situation. I think a lot could have been done different. Uh, Okay, there's um, the events of Flight 655 were featured in A Mistaken Identity, a Season 3 episode of Canadian TV series May Day. So that's kind of cool. I might have to check that out. Maybe we'll look into that. But yeah, 
Um, to me, it just sounds like a lot of mistakes were made in the process of this. But yeah, I think that's about all for for now. But yo, shout out Jayla, shout out Play Asia, take it easy.